<laughs> the Dexmen believe there's room for all tastes and all opinions in comics, even those people who are going to get tricked into liking another DC universe that will get rebooted in three years. You should redo all that. You were too low. Oh, I was. Yeah. So, because you know, I don't do because <laughs> I don't do levels properly. We just start talking. All right, let me try it again. Vocal fry. <clears throat> the Vex Man Podcast believes there's room for all tastes and all opinions in comics. That's that better? That's better. Remember me, Eddie. I, I got a smirk call back last night. I got a Roger <laughs> Rabbit today. I'm doing well. Just redo the intro, please. Okay. Shout out to Anthony Suffering. Welcome to Vexman. <laughs> The Vexman Podcast is meant to be informative, entertaining, and hyperbolic, and should not be taken out of that CGC plastic case that you paid $95 for several years ago. But don't worry, kick-ass issue number seven is going to be worth a lot of money real soon. I mean, graded? 9-8? The Vexman believe there's room for all tastes and all opinions. Even those people that don't think that the disco outfit was the best of all possible Nightwing outfits. Wow, he went Nightwing. See, I thought you were going to go Dazzler. No, there was there was a, a Nightwing with a mullet in the shadow of the bat, which mm. some idiot, that would be me, mm-hmm. ordered. <laughs> he has a little ponytail, though. It's yes. very fashion. Yeah. It's very fashion. That's definitely some early... It's, uh, early it's really one of his better mullet looks in this yeah. particular book. Uh, you're listening to the Vex Men Podcast. I'm Adam Stone. I'm Anthony Gallucci. I'm Austin Hendricks. This week, a bunch of number one comics came out, some of them not terrible. And falling into the not terrible category, for the record, is Lumberjanes Gotham Academy crossover. It's true. So which is cute. It's so good. Uh, and it inspired us to do a show about crossovers that you weren't expecting to happen. Uh, but we're going to start with Lumberjanes Gotham Academy, because uh, it's not going to take very long. I don't think. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll I don't think any of us are the demographic for either Lumberjanes or Gotham Academy. No. Uh, Lumberjanes is a really fun book for middle school kids. I think it's appropriate to both genders, but it is about a troop of girls who are at a camp in the woods during the summer, like a normal summer camp, not just like in the woods, but like a camp with counselors and things. And then weird things happen and they go on adventures and it's actually really good and it's really well written and the um, art's cool yeah the art's really good uh some of the issues are drawn by noel stevenson uh the lumberjanes gotham academy crossover is drawn by uh rosemary valerio o'connell who does really adorable art uh that's really good gotham academy i i read the first issue when it came out and it didn't hook me in and i went back and read the first trade this week and it didn't hook me in. I'm not. I don't think it's directed at middle school students. It does take place <clears throat> in like freshman sophomore year of high school, and you know it's in a haunted building in Gotham, and it also has a strongly female cast, but there's also male cast members in it, yeah. <clears throat> and you know it's got that sort of high school. There's a mystery going on, and also. Bruce Wayne shows up a lot. Gotham Academy is written by Becky Cloonan, who I like a lot. It's uh, I don't think I'm the demographic for Gotham Academy, which is a shame because I love the art on it. The artwork for Gotham Academy is fantastic. And this does a thing that most crossovers fail to do, which is it tells an interesting story. Um, It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. If you have no background for any of these characters, it doesn't matter. 
yeah. you'll be able to follow what's going on. Most of the crossovers, like, at the end of issue one, the two characters meet. Like, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The end of issue number one, Batman goes, turtles, because he sees them for the first time. In this one, they meet, like... Cowabunga? Cowabunga? Pizza-rific? Somewhere between halfway and three-quarters of the way through the issue, the Lumberjanes meet up with Gotham Academy students, and then the plot continues to go forward. It's great. It's almost as though this wasn't some weird licensing cash grab, but was a story that someone conceived of that required the cast of two different books. Uh, it's China Cluxton Flores, whose work I really enjoy. I'm excited that they're recoloring and re-releasing Blue Monday soon. But this, while not necessarily for me, I really liked it. It was I thought it was done really well. And the cover is so good. Yeah. Like, when you want to try to find it in the comic book store this week or whenever, just be like, what's the cutest cover that came out this week? And I'll give you this one. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's uh, Mingzhu Helen Chen, <clears throat> the cover artist. So if the goal of this book is to get people that read Lum Lumberjanes to read Gotham Academy and for people that read Gotham Academy to re read Lumberjanes, that'll probably work for yeah. places where there isn't that crossover yet. I'm actually probably going to read number two of this. Just yeah. to see what it looks like. Sure. Why not? So what um, is that Boom in DC? Yes. Boombox, which is the, the Boom All Ages line. The, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some clunker jokes in this. Of course. But, you know, it's a book for middle school students, so that's to be expected. Stop, stop. I just heard something. Hey, put out those glow sticks. You might accidentally start an illegal dance party. And I won't techno for an answer. No, that's See, the that's, right response. Yeah, no, that's yeah, the right that's, response. Yeah, that's what we were looking for. Right Dead there. air. So, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they followed up with, remember, only you can prevent forest raves. Well, see, that one's more upsetting because that's not even a real pun, mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's true. Again, that's a joke that is actually perfect for aiming at middle school students because half of them will groan really loudly like, oh, that's the worst. The other half will be like, what's techno? <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, Lumberjanes Gotham Academy. It um, is. We're actually recommending it, even though we've made a couple of jokes at its expense. They're loving jokes. It, crossovers, historically, are, are fascinating things. These two books have a similar mission statement and a similar demographic, and they're trying to accomplish a similar thing to get readership. I can see why they would make this crossover. Right. There are crossovers over, the, over time that you question... You question why that would happen. Such as? Well, I don't know. I don't even know where to start because there are so many. There have been so many clunkers between Marvel and DC. It's unlikely that those things happen, but they make logical sense. The things that don't make sense to me mm -hmm. are uh, when it's just people crossing over into comic books. Oh, yeah. Why do you need regular people? Well, I mean, celebrities, albeit, but Don Rickles? In Superman? As a villain. Not only as himself, but as a villain as well. <laughs> yeah. What did you need... do? Slap Jimmy Olsen around? I don't around? need that. He did slap Jimmy Olsen around, yeah. It's true. And that's sort of just what super villain... ah, Superman villains do. <clears throat> yeah. Is, like, they're contractually obliged to slap Jimmy Olsen yeah. at least once. Except when they blow him up in a movie without even giving his name, Zack Snyder. Well, you know. <gasps> Superman had a bunch of these sorts of cameos. Um, I'm trying to think of other... There was some stuff with Jerry Lewis... But the biggest person, the biggest individual human 
I think, to cross over in comics. Eminem, oh, number yeah. two. Yeah. Number two, Clearly. Eminem with the Punisher. Clearly. I mean, that's a big one. Uh, but I think the biggest has to be Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which has been getting a lot of traction. This of week. course. I mean, for obvious reasons. The thing about this book and um, pretty much every book we'll talk about uh, is that, again, spoilers, sorry. The story is they meet, they fight, and then they get along. Yeah. And resolve some other problem. All of them. Yeah. With with one exception. There is an exception. It's true. What do you think the exception is? What do I think the exception yeah. is? Batman versus Predator, obviously. No. Because <laughs> they don't get along? Because they don't get along. Oh, from jump. that's fair. No, no, the Batman, <laughs> Superman, Alien, Predator books, all of those don't have any reconciliation. No. But uh, uh, Batman Punisher, in which the Batman oh, is Azrael. Yeah, that's true. Um, as bats. They, they team <laughs> that, up. They, that as a hell. Yeah. They team up and... <laughs> To fight their lamest arch villains, Jigsaw and who's Batman after? Jigsaw. No, I don't know. Like someone. The Order of Dumas. Oh, it's the Dumas people. Yeah, yeah, they're always coming after. Um, also, there's terrible fonts in that book. Yes, too. there's that too. They're really, bad. really bad coloring. Oh. <clears throat> um, but so they team up. But like, it's a team up where Azrael is like, "By the way, I'm totally gonna beat the crap out of you once our team up is over." And the Punisher's like. No, no, I always get away, and Azrael takes out his Wolverine claws and starts beating the crap out of the Punisher, yeah. and then the Punisher launches a smoke grenade and is like, I won, but only because I cheated. I thought <laughs> you should at least understand that I cheated. And then he disappears. <laughs> but they do, like, fight proper at the end of it. It's true. Not to a resolution, a no. satisfying resolution. There's no, never, There's not. never really a winner. The only winners in crossover comics were when... Marvel and DC did their versus issues, okay. and they had people legitimately, well, legitimately, they had people phone in right. for the uh, resolution of win. some of those fights. I mean, and some of them were weighted pretty significantly. Flash versus Quicksilver. I mean, if you give that up to the populace before the X Men movies, yeah, no, there was good Flash, for Flash. Obviously. I mean, right. yeah. you know, Wolverine versus Lobo. Like that's a slam dunk for yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I think was it Superman Thor? Was Superman Thor? I'm pretty sure Superman Batman won. Daredevil. Batman Captain America. Okay. Which was, I think that was basic. That one was basically a draw. Okay. When it was all said and done, by yeah, Daredevil would be so. The Batman, yeah, mm. yeah. Like Daredevil just doesn't have as many things to beat up Batman with. Yeah, it's just batons. Right, like I think Daredevil's definitely like better fighter. Like, yeah, I don't want to get into this. Well, I think um, <laughs> the problem with Daredevil, it's dangerous territory. The thing that's the thing that's overlooked about Daredevil a lot of the time, and you know the thing that smart characters that want to beat him always seem to do, like the Punisher. Is they're just like I'm gonna use this sonic weapon real quick, yeah, and mess up his senses, and I'm gonna punch him in the face. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's the thing is, love the, you, Daredevil, but the, that's it. The idea is that the criminals are not supposed to know that he's blind. Right. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Right. That's why he cuts eye holes in that costume. <laughs> There's no need for them. <laughs> but if he didn't put eye holes, people would be like, "That fucking guy is blind." Hold on, do you have a dog whistle? That's so Way weird. Way to fuck this guy up. This guy's a really good fighter for being blind. That's crazy. <laughs> Who is he? Fucking Arya Stark? What the hell? Um, Jeez, I wonder if he knows Matt Murdock. Along the lines of other, just a couple of 
honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man versus Powdered Toast Man in the Ren and Simp- Stimpy comic. That uh, happened? That was issue number six. Oh. Yeah. So the Batman Punisher comic uh, seems to have much bigger fonts than all of the other comics. Ever. Yes. And it's really bothering me because I feel like it's a children's illustrated book with <clears> the fonts and like how big the text is. It is, except and it was 2000. It, it was uh, 1994. But this is around the time Batman was everywhere. Yeah. So Batman did this Punisher crossover. There was a Daredevil crossover. Yep. There was a Spawn crossover. Batman versus Predator. And then the Batman versus Predator. Batman versus Aliens, both of which are over are there. Are here, yeah. Batman Aliens was hot, wet garbage. <laughs> um, and oh. it was drawn by Bernie fucking Wrightson. Who had like a day and a half to do the whole book and a really bad cramp. Yeah. Is the only excuse. Uh, maybe he just maybe they paid him in full in advance or something. I don't know. But I mean, I've never seen Wrightson phone something in like this book. Um, Whereas that is top of the line, Ron Mars writing. Oh, yeah. There's that too. So that's Batman Aliens, and it's not good. But Batman Predator 2. Two. Not just Batman Predator. Batman Predator 2, written by Doug Mensch, with art by, oh, we've talked about him before, Paul Glacy. There's something about his work that is so period to me like it's it just doesn't it doesn't go through time very well for me it reminds me of like the early 90s i don't know i think even like the late 80s he can certainly draw the hell out of things and this is a fantastic book it does it does something that a lot of crossover books don't do and it's probably because it's the second volume and i haven't read the first one (laughs) is that it doesn't bother to introduce you to the characters it's not like bruce wayne is batman and he wears his parents died when he was very small let us show you and this is a predator (laughs) um no the predator shows up almost right away Mm -hmm. he goes after uh the cops and the bat signal and commissioner gordon is like oh it's that thing that shimmies Look Look to see where the shimmying is, because it's not completely invisible. And it's like, go Commissioner Gordon, right yeah. off the bat. I like that. I like that. It, he go, <laughs> I like that he goes after the bat signal. Yeah. He's just like. Well, he's trying to trap Batman. Screw you, bat fucker. Yeah. He's <laughs> trying to trap Batman. It is apparently um, a, I, I didn't read all of it. It might be a descendant of a Predator that was killed in the first Batman versus Predator. Oh, okay, sure. So, because Batman is like, this one seems younger and more full of vigor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the Predator has been collecting heads, which also they don't usually do in comics that cross over with DC books. That they don't they don't let the character be like an actual vicious killer. They're like, oh, the Predator wants to cut off heads, but you won't actually see that in this. No, oh, there's like a tree full there? of decapitated heads. Nice. And Batman's like, at least three of those are cops. <laughs> <laughs> I'd know that cop head anywhere. <laughs> Batman does love cop head. You um, know, Superman met the Quick Bunny once, too. Ooh. You know, from Nestle's Quick. Was that also by Doug Mensch? <laughs> it was. <laughs> the Quick Bunny went wild. Mr. Mr. Metzelplek took him over and uh, had him running around tearing out people's heads. And it's by Mike Carlin, and the artist is Carmine Infantino. <laughs> that is old school. Wow. Yeah. What about Kiss versus Doctor Doom? Kiss versus Doctor Doom? Yeah. Wait, how did that go though? What do you mean? How did it go? Like, like was Kiss just like you know what we need to do today? Defeat <laughs> Doctor Doom, and was... between making this rock album. And then going to the 
going to the amusement park and running away from Scooby-Doo. When the first run of KISS comics were published by Marvel, the band members Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Frehley, and Peter Chris are famously said to have added a drop of their own blood to the ink. Uh-huh. When rival rocker Alice Cooper's Neil Gaiman penned comic The Last Temptation went to print, yeah. oh, he was asked if he would do the same, and his answer was along the lines of, no, I'm planning on putting all of KISS's blood into the ink. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> the right answer. That's okay. the right answer. Um, so what else? The, the, the Archie Predator stuff, which we talked about on the Archie Which is show. highly recommended. Most yeah. of the stuff isn't recommended, and that's the point. Uh, much like Star Trek X-Men, unless you wanted to oh, see uh, Spock give Wolverine a Vulcan neck pinch and have it work. I thought it was Next Generation that crossed over with the X-Men. Mm, I, they, I, I sure think they did both. Yeah. Okay. Right. But the first one was um, TOS. Uh, how about JLA versus Predator? How like about all of them? All of them. But that wouldn't be a whole issue, I would think. I, th- I, I guess it should be JLA versus Predators. Okay. okay. I think that's, yeah. Also, like, Superman should just be able to beat Predator. Period. You don't yeah. need, like, no. I get Superman versus Aliens because there's a ton of aliens and you don't know who's pregnant with aliens or whatever, and that's, right. that's the problem. But, like, Superman should just be like, uh, what's that thing in the air over there? <laughs> there we go. No more Predator. End of story. <laughs> then, there, of course, there's the big one, JLA Avengers. JLA Avengers, which falls into the trap of, yeah, they, they don't meet until the first issue. They're both trying to basically achieve the same goals, but they're slightly different. And so they they don't get along until the end when they realize they should all get along. We've been pawns in someone else's game, huh? <laughs> but they do really that in that book there's the really interesting meta thing which I think we've talked about before which is that first the DC characters show up in Marvel and they're just like this world is chaos people are bigots because they don't like mutants yeah. there's no law yeah. what a terrible place and the Marvel characters cross over to the DC universe and they're like this place is run by a bunch of fascists why does <laughs> Superman need a statue like it's pretty yeah, amazing. It is. It's true. They it's did really manage to get want. away with yeah. like an, a surprising amount of subversion considering how shitty this book would end up being because it's all, I mean, you know, the layers of people that have to what, approve these kinds of stories. A decade in between when they started working on it and when it was actually released? Oh, no. The initial agreement to do this <laughs> was 1979. Wow. Pages were done. 21 pages were done by 83. Okay. Then it got tanked. Then it came back up uh, around 2000. 2003. And it was published in 2003. Wow. Wow. With George Perez always attached as the artist. There was a time before there were all these other, you know, bigwigs. All these bigwigs sticking their nose in things between Warner and Disney that were involved that you could almost get away with doing this and then they did it and now that marvel is disney and warner's is actually paying attention to dc um it's yeah it's literally never going to happen again no. um but that's okay because <laughs> that into the dc versus marvel crossover gave us amalgam comics right which i haven't looked at an amalgam comic in forever it's cuz you shouldn't <laughs> amalgam comics for those that don't know and bless you because you probably shouldn't um was 
the the worlds there were worlds there were universes that were colliding and the only way to make them not totally get destroyed was to fuse them together so you end up with characters like Doctor Strange Fate <laughs> um you're forgetting my favorite character <laughs> is it Dark Claw it's Dark Claw it's Batverine yeah just like you've always wanted yeah and his name is Dark Claw mm-hmm. Dark Claw Superman and Captain America had a baby um, called Super Soldier. Yep. And uh, Bruce Wayne was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Lobo the Duck. Yeah, Lobo the Duck. There you go. Well, can I tell you what the the worst of the amalgamation names are? Of course. They combine Big Barda and Tichiana from Marvel, so she's called Big Titania. Stop it. T-I-T-A-N-I-A. That's not you made that up. I oh, don't but it is real. It. Or, or somebody, somebody has conned me via Wikipedia, which is possible. Nobody tells lies on the internet. Big tit on ya. <laughs> it's pronounced Titania. <laughs> well, we just got caught in, in a major a major little internet hole there for the amalgam oh. comics thing. And I have any of us even read any of those comics? Not in, since 1990. Yeah. Whatever. One of the crossovers that DC and Marvel did that was fairly successful was at the utter peak of X-Men and Teen Titans. X-Men and Teen Titans crossed over. Yeah, and that was like kind of the um, the precursor to what was supposed to be JLA Avengers. JLA Avengers. And because JLA Avengers went kablooey, uh, X-Men Teen Titans 2 was canceled. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite crossover that I found in my closet... I didn't even know I owned was the Superman Madman crossover by Mike Allred and also by Mike Allred and nobody else touched that thing except for possibly Laura Allred yeah. who probably did the colors and that's maybe the way it should have been and an editor it's really great it features evil Steve Buscemi I think you can just say Steve Buscemi we no, all know Steve Buscemi is a good person he just plays bad people yeah <laughs> I will not have you besmirch besmirch the good name of Steve Buscemi, just for jokes, Adam. Wasn't he still he in, owes me $10. Wasn't he in Ghost World? I didn't watch I mean, I didn't movie. say Steve Buscemi was in good movies. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick on uh, Superman, Madman, uh, Mexilplex involved. So that always makes it good. Yeah. Yeah. And they like even have Lois like say the name phonetically to help you out. Oh. Which I probably didn't do. Props to Lois. So. Yeah, how does Lois pronounce his name? Mixius Pedalic. Mixius Pedalic. He's a nuisance. <laughs> that's, for, that's a <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thanks, Lois. One can say that with confidence. Lois and this is actually really lovely. I I like the. She's um, she's a trip. Yeah, I I like the overall tone and the dialogue in that book. I mean, everything matches up a lot closer to the Mad Men. Oh, yeah. Man. It's definitely a madman book yeah, more so a than it's a super. Book. Not a madman book, a madman oh. book. Anything else anyone want to talk about with the crossovers? No, get us away from crossovers. Yeah. No, what's your dream crossover? Oh, yeah, no, that's a good call right there. <laughs> uh, Dark Claw was my dream crossover, <laughs> and it's never coming back. I'm very sad. Oh. We can start a letter writing campaign. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that'll go over great. Um. <laughs> I'd like to see a Garfield saga crossover 
where <laughs> where he boxes up Lion Cat, Cat and yeah. sends her to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah. Get on that, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. It's already written. No, Jim, Jim Davis already did it. It's done. <laughs> Would the crossover just be called Cigarfield? <laughs> I don't have any other thoughts about crossovers. (laughs) It's all over now. So a bunch of number one issues came out this week. And uh, do we want to start with Rebirth and then move on to things that are better? Not all of them are better. No. Um, When Rebirth number one came out, we were all pretty optimistic. It seemed fine. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Um, and all of the number one issues that have come out as part of Rebirth uh, have been about nothing. They've all been callbacks to when the comics were more interesting. Yep. That it's like they they <laughs> they researched their history, they found the stories that sold the best, and then they're like, let's put these in a blender and just tell these stories again and again and again and again. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm specifically, I was talking about uh, the death of Superman and the reintroduction of Doomsday over... And over and over. Doomsday was special and interesting once. No, never. Actually, yeah, that's a very good point. Doomsday's a fucking horrible character. Yeah, <laughs> he's never been interesting. I mean, it's true. Well, I mean, it was interesting in that one instance because it kind of came out of nowhere and it was this big force of nature thing that killed Superman. Right. And it became this big public deal. Right. So that's why it mattered. As far as the story goes, it was still terrible. But to keep bringing him back is yeah. just uh, diminishing returns doesn't even cover it. There's nothing about this that really clears up what's going on. There's a dead Superman. There's an alive Superman. There's a super boy that seems to be Superman's son. There's um, there's definitely a super girl running around somewhere, but we're not really sure. I'm not sure who she's like technically related to. Lex Luthor is running around in a Superman outfit pro- proclaiming that he is Superman. It is a mess. Yeah. And I don't know why you would go into a, a a place like this where you're trying to like clean the slate by making it even messier going into it. No, no, no. It's it's typical what DC's been doing for the last few years. It's super friendly to that one forty something or fifty something year old guy who really liked Superman in the nineties. Yeah. Wait, but okay, really fast. Yeah. Um so Superman rebirth has a panel where Superman shaves his face by breaking off a piece of a mirror yeah. and lasering the beard off. Yeah. I take back everything. Rebirth is going to be amazing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's a Silver Age, a Golden Age trope, I think. Is it really? Superman uh, shaving with a mirror. Yeah. I, I did not know that. It's just so dramatic, the way that it happens. And then Lois is like, this is how he shaves. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah that's true. We never have to buy razors. Just we have to keep buying new mirrors. Now, what I yeah, what I don't understand is like, how does he not just melt that piece of glass? Shh. He burns fucking Thanos. I mean, um, dark, dark side, side. With, with it. So the the action comics rebirth is not very great. Uh, neither is the Superman one. It, it, nothing happens in it. There, no. the Superman rebirth issue was basically like. So the death of Superman happened, and we're going to do it again. Oh, we can't? Oh, okay. Oh, and then Action Comics comes out, and it's like, hey, we're going to do Death of Superman again. You just then, told me you couldn't do it. And, uh, then, eh. and then Doomsday shows up. 
Now, here's the thing. Aquaman Rebirth might be a perfectly fine Aquaman book. I don't know because I can't read Aquaman books because every Aquaman book is exactly the same. Couldn't read it. Garbage. Aquaman, a member of Aquaman's entourage is the child of Black Manta, and will they also become the supervillain? And hey, that's every stupid Aquaman story since the 80s. I'm sorry, Dan Abnett. I like you, but no one should have to write Aquaman stories. DC should cut its losses and just... Forget it. They almost had it. I mean, they almost made Aquaman cool for a second, and then no when? one else could do it. When they New Fifty Two relaunch Aquaman, uh-huh. right he out of the beard gate, Aquaman? the first six issues. No, he didn't have a beard. Did he have a beard? He might have. I had don't a know. Beard. He might have had a beard right out of the gate. I don't know. I but can only he... remember the Kate Beaton Aquaman. <laughs> That's, That's the best Aquaman. That's good stuff. Give it to um, her. They um yeah they like reintroduced Aquaman and he was kind of he was making fun of himself for talking to fish and stuff like okay. it was. It was like someone that someone was writing that character that got the character. Okay. And knew how to kind of accentuate the positives. Except the positives are like you can have him avert some sort of sea disaster once. Yeah. And, and then there's no more story to tell. Yeah. So Well like but if you actually had Aquaman against like sea disasters, it would just end up really nihilistic, I think. No. Like Aquaman standing on a street corner passing out pamphlets on like ocean acidification. Yeah, definitely. Guys, there's a lot of problems with the coral reefs over here. Like, you know, Batman and Superman are, like, hanging out, and Aquaman's like, guys, a whale died today. <laughs> and they're just like, are you okay, Aquaman? And no, he's not okay. How can he be? Nobody we cares. We don't know who orchestrated this tragedy. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Look, man, no, so that made it. that whole lead-up worth it. I wasn't even going anywhere. Uh, speaking of not going anywhere, Flash Rebirth number one, if you've read Rebirth number one, you're going to have a major sense of deja vu because absolutely nothing is revealed in this comic that isn't also in Rebirth number one. How much money is that comic? It's two ninety nine. Okay, Like Save all it. DC comics. Save your money. Yeah. Like all DC comics are until Except they have to the do second printings, yeah. in, when, in which case they're five ninety nine. But like... <laughs> This is this is actually just a shorter version of the Rebirth number one issue with all of the same reveals. Wally West comes out of the timeline because Barry says his name. And then Bat in this one, the Flash is in the Batcave when Batman, when he's like, look at this pen. It's the Watchmen. Like, oh, my God, it's the Watchmen. End of comic. We can't tell anyone else about this yet because we don't know enough about the Watchmen. <laughs> Who's watching the Watchmen? Who's watching the Watchmen? Are they watching us? I need to start watching them. No, no, Batman has been watching them forever. I've been watching the Watchmen. He has a file on it. <laughs> he knows which retirement homes they're in. I have a yellow case book on this. <laughs> I thought it was the black case book. It's a yellow case book. It's got a, it's got a clock on uh, it. It's got a smiley face. It's got a smiley face. A little blood. drop of blood. That's right. I've been waiting for this day. The blood's Batman's from a paper cut. So, Detective Comics Rebirth is basically... Batman teams up with Batwoman, who it turns out they're cousins. Spoiler alert. Bat team. Also, big other spoiler alert. Spoilers back. Um, <laughs> this is a bad comic. Um, Everyone's costumes are bad. The costumes are bad. The dialogue is bad. James Tinney and the Fourth, who's been writing Batman comics forever, they're so. just like there's this terrible speech that Batwoman gives to the the new Bat crew, who are Robin, Tim Drake, Robin. Spoiler. Uh, Cassandra Kane, who is no longer called Batgirl, she's now called Orphan. 
Orphan, uh, and Clayface. Yeah, this is just, it's just, this is dumb. Here's what I'll give them. Mm-hmm. Detective Comics has a mission statement, which is, it is the Batman team book. Right. Um, and then my personal favorite was Wonder Woman, because what I really wanted um, out of DC Comics Rebirth was to have to question her origins once again, so that after reading Azarello and Chang's origin story from four or five years ago, we get to do that again, again. All it and it doesn't even decide on an origin story. No, it's just like maybe it was this one or maybe it was this one. Yeah. I, despite being actual Wonder Woman, narrating my own origin stories, do not know. Yeah. Identity is a mystery. And why, Here's wherever me rescuing she women is, she's wearing the new 52 outfit. And over the course of the issue, just is like, I'm going to change my clothes. And where was silver will now be gold again. I, it's just, I'm really and sad that Greg Rucka is back on Wonder Woman and it's bad. I'm worried about how much of this is editorial, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I know, well, seemingly... Rucka doesn't function well with editorial blah blah blah. No, he he just left Marvel over that, and yeah. he of course went to Marvel because he just left DC, DC over, over that. that. Yeah, specifically Wonder Woman. Yes. So I'm I'm really concerned about this book. I mean, I know DC editorial is thoroughly incompetent, and everyone there should be fired. Um, I don't think that's new news. Um, but like Wonder Woman is the only DC book that's selling in trades. It's like Gotham Academy does a little sure. bit. Yeah. Batman forever and always will. Um, but none of the Batman spinoff books have been. Mm-hmm. Maybe Grayson a little bit, but not a ton. But Wonder it's Woman Grayson's sells crazy. so well. And yeah. now they're like, eh, let's walk away from that actually good Wonder Woman run. Let's make it suck again. Greg, could you make this suck again? No. The bottom line is Rebirth made me really happy to discover that I, I still don't need to be reading any DC books. Not yet. Lumberjanes Gotham Academy is fun. That's half a DC book. Yeah. Um, but with the last relaunch, I really liked Wonder Woman. I really liked Animal Man for a few issues. Mm-hmm. I really liked uh, Swamp, Swamp Thing, Thing for a few issues. Batman started Batman with a lot great. of promise. You know, I mean, that Batman had, like, was always fine. It, it was always fine. It, zero year is when it kind of got a little yeah. heavy. Yeah. But, um, it was yeah. never terrible. Um, and, and it still s- had the weirdness of Morrison's action comics. Yep. I mean, like it or not, it was something to read. That's for sure. I mean, no and one, some no of one these rebirth stuff take. might not be terrible, but so far, also, none of them are good. None of them are good, and nothing's happened. Yeah. So uh, spend your money on Image Comics, yes. IDW, Boom, yeah. maybe Marvel. While we're just in a really pessimistic mood, <laughs> let's just get this over with. Oh, you're going to get that one out of the way. Okay, sure. So Titan Comics has been putting out all the Doctor Who books, a bunch of other stuff, and now they are doing Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis's Sherlock, by which I mean they're releasing the first episode mm-hmm. of Sherlock yeah. as a black and white manga. Yeah. So it was originally released in Japan, which is why it's manga style, which means that it's actually backwards because it was originally formatted for a completely different language. Mm -hmm. It's still really bad. (laughs) It doesn't translate well to English at all. Uh, The show and all the things that made the show. Which is weird since there was an actual script for this story in English. That had to be adapted I mean, over the, and then adapted back. Well, it's like the dialogue's fine. It's just anytime you're inside somebody's head, it's so completely over dramatic. Sure. And like Sherlock, the show is kind of dramatic, but it's like dramatic and like a fun, like, 
we're solving crimes. Benedict Cumberbatch isn't famous yet. He, like, looks weird, but it's cool because he's Sherlock. He's a weird, cool, edgy Sherlock for this edgy all new true. age. All true. He knows how to use phones. I mean, I really love, actually, the first episode of Sherlock in terms of how well it introduced that show. But this is just, like, a bad manga. I like the art's fine. Uh, they all look like the actors that play them. The show's better. You don't have to think to watch the show yeah. where you have to sort of struggle through this. Like, I just don't, I just don't know what the point of it is. Like, maybe if you collect Sherlock memorabilia, this will be, like, the weird prize of your collection. Just save the $4.99, buy some Sherlock stickers to put on your vibrator, and there, there you, you go. go. You've yeah. made a better investment. Yeah. So, Marvel is doing Civil War Two, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Contractually required to say that after every sequel series. They always do this with a big crossover. But so they've got a Gods of War, which is Hercules, which picks up from the end of Dan Abnett's Hercules run. Hercules. Dan Abnett, who was writing garbage at DC, is actually writing very well at Marvel. I don't know how or why. True and true. Hercules was a lot of fun. This is a direct follow-up to his run on Hercules. Yes. He it gets... picks up where he had gotten, I didn't quite catch this, but he got infected with some sort of weird hand on his shoulder yep. deal that supposedly nice. is going to turn him into the god of chaos against his uh, will. Um, he has some interactions with sure. Amadeus Cho early on. Yeah, totally. I mean, just yeah, it's something that happens. And then um, ends up looking like a fool in front of other heroes during the inciting incident of Civil War. And uh, since he's like, my peeps ain't getting at me no more. I'm gonna get my own peeps. It's fun, and I've 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 enjoyed this Hercules. The yeah. bits that I've read. You and I are the only people that are reading it. Apparently, but... did you want to get into Spider Spider Man? There's a Civil War Spider Man series. Typically, I mean, the original Civil War Spider Man series, of which there were two, yeah. were both the best subtitles of the Civil War series. Yeah that had the most to lose. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case with this one. The first issue was interesting. I'll see where it goes, but it, it didn't break any new ground. It didn't have any surprises. The hook the hook wasn't anything particularly compelling. It's uh, revealed Ulysses, the um, future-seeing inhuman that uh, Civil War is based around, shows up at Spider-Man's uh, lab, which or the Parker Industries lab, which is apparently the Baxter building now. Yep. So, okay, sure. There's no more That's Fantastic cool. Four. Why not? Good point. And Ulysses informs Peter that one of the former villains that works for him is going to become a villain again. That, yeah, that was a tough one. We needed fucking Ulysses to figure that one out. Okay. Good work. Um, so now let's spend a long period of time discussing Howard Chaikin's Midnight of the Soul. <laughs> if you liked Howard Chaikin books, you'd probably like this Howard Chaikin book. But I think we can cover this by saying it's a nice misogynist tale of a guy with a square jaw with a woman who's wearing some sort of hosiery who he calls words that Howard Chaikin probably isn't allowed to say in a comic book. But he does anyways because Image is like, you do what you want, Howard Chaikin, but uh, you only make as much money as that book makes. Um, will I be yep. reading issue number two? I did not read all of number one because everything I read in it was horrible. But it's very pretty artwork. It's The artwork and design art, is very nice. Art five out of five, writing zero out of five. Howard Chaikin should go back to working with Matt Fraction. Yes, that's actually where I was going to land also, is when someone else is writing to his sensibilities and yeah. avoid some of the mm, mistakes that perhaps uh, an older writer might make. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's better than... Merry Men number one by Oni Press. 
There is no easy. Uh, way this is the only way. one that we're going to give credit to the writers and artists for. Which direction uh, we are going? <laughs> <laughs> it's written by Robert Rohde, art by Jackie Lewis and Marissa Louise. Merry Men is a retelling of the Robin Hood story, where it's more about social activism than robbing, than physically robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. And it's kind of gay. <laughs> Kinda gay. It's kinda gay. It's pretty gay. It's it's strongly implied that everyone's gay. Yeah. On some level. Somewhere on the Kinsey scale. I think it's implied that Robin had an affair with uh with the king. That's why King John is jealous of Robin Hood and now sent or not jealous, but upset. It would be weird if he was jealous because they're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and we decided we weren't talking about fan fiction. <laughs> It's uh, It has some queer history of England kind of uh, mixed in with it. Uh, and yeah, I like the artwork in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a ton to say about it. It's an interesting <laughs> first issue. It's It does the thing that smart comics are doing now, but a lot of smart comics are doing it, where they have a female character who is initially portrayed as possibly helpless, but as it turns out, is probably better at protecting herself than any of the dudes are at protecting themselves but that's a trope at this point yeah but they do it all right she is transgender oh she is yeah i did not see that it's uh it's in the conversation where the dude with the boyfriend is hitting on her ah because they're also polyamorous of course um there's some good trades that came out this week actually let's talk about those because those will make me more happy what, Infinity Watch Volume 2? Infinity Watch Volume 2. <laughs> there are some terrible trades that came out this week that I ordered because I was you alive in the 90s and I didn't trades. know any better. It's very confusing. Uh, no Mercy Volume 2 by Carlos Speed McNeil, Alex DeCampi, and Jen Manley Lee, and Felipe Sabero. I haven't read the storyline in No Mercy Number 2 yet, but I loved Volume 1, so I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah. It's a bunch of teenagers... We're on a bus in the first one, and there was an accident, and then shit got scary. (laughs) And that's where we're going. Uh, The second volume of Flinch from Vertigo came out. It's a horror anthology. Uh, And this one has work by Bruce Jones, Dave Taylor, Tom Metzger, Sean Phillips, Steven Siegel, and John Estes. And the art in this looks really cool. Um. I'm holding a Heroes Trade, Heroes Vengeance, uh, which I assume goes along with Heroes Reborn. It's backstory for one of the characters. The TV show, not the Marvel thing. Oh, yeah, sorry. The TV <laughs> show, Heroes, uh, and its latest spinoff, Heroes Reborn. Uh, it's actually a really nice-looking trade. Got this fancy cover by Paul Pope, written by Zach Crayley and Seamus Kevin Fahey, and artwork by Ruben. If you like Heroes Reborn, this is for you singular person there's a new ben hatkey book uh he wrote z to the space girl among other things my little robot it's a new all-age kids book called nobody likes a goblin and uh, i love his artwork and i love hating on goblins so this is tailor-made for me yeah there's a new print like a larger version of the kelly sue deconic captain marvel stuff yeah which is is her whole run or just part of it no it's not the whole run it's one through 12 it's her it's her whole first run, but then she did a second run. Yeah, nice. Um, it's uh, twenty nine ninety nine 
for 12 issues, which is not terrible. End of an Error, which is the second of the new Deadpool books, which is amazing. This is the second post-Secret Wars Deadpool solo book, not including all of the other Deadpool trade paperbacks <laughs> yeah. that have come out since then. Yeah. Uh, also, Deadpool Classic, volume 16, <laughs> came out this week. Unbelievable. Which is the classic run of... Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, Deadpool Killology, Deadpool kills Deadpool, and Deadpool kills Original Thought or something like that. That's um, amazing. I mean, that's only a handful of years ago, but I can't believe like they're Like three years up. ago. I can't believe they're that far. They're caught up that far, and it's 16 volumes. Because they think it's funny, and they're kind of right. Yeah. That they're like, there was no actual classic Deadpool, so <laughs> everything's classic yeah. Deadpool. Oh, yeah, comics? Is uh, Alt Baltazar and Franco, the guys that did uh, Tiny Titans. Superman Family, I think. Superman Family, like some of the best all-ages comics going uh, at the time. This came out through Dark Horse because they're not doing stuff for DC at the moment. Um, I didn't even look at this. I don't even need to. I know it's going to be amazing. All of their stuff has been terrific. So, If you like Dark Horse manga, it was a good week for you. The Omnibus came out for... Um, Kurosagi Corpse Delivery, which I think it's the fourth omnibus, which might catch us up with where the series is actually at. Wow. Oh, there were two coloring books that came out this week. One of them you should get, and one of them your store doesn't have. But if it does, burn it. Burn it to the ground. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What, are you going to tell us what they are? One. Uh, the good one. Yeah, the good one. Go ahead. Is, is Mar the Scotty Young covers that he did for Marvel, like all the Young stuff. That's that's what it is. It's, it's just cute. All the cuteness. And it's most of the good ones, like the joke of like Wolverine looking going like there's no so you young old man Logan doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's a really nice Spider Gwen cover in there. Yep. You when can get that. You can get the I Hate Fairyland coloring book from last week also. If you've if you've been forced to read the DC Rebirth comics against your will or the Howard Chaikin <laughs> comic, make yourself feel better by coloring the Scotty Young. Yeah. book with some colored pencils or be crayons great. be very relaxing or if it if you've been made very angry you should buy the danger girl crappy coloring book that yeah. is poorly laid out badly put together mm -hmm. and you should just smash your crayons into it and just draw a big black mm. smudge over it i think you may as well just take the danger girl book roll it up as tight as you can put your penis on a hard piece of concrete and just smack it as many times as you could handle may as well because that's about all that book is good for how did you find out that that's what it was good for what what things did you go through before you arrived at like maybe i should try rolling it up and beating my penis with it oh well, i mean i tried i tried looking through it that didn't work i tried coloring it was boring the lines don't make any sense I got to the page that still had the pencils built into it, and I'm like, I'm just going to roll this up and hit something. I'm sorry I was mean to you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I would have maybe investigated, like, might be used as building fodder for the homeless. No, no, no. Like, to what fuel the fuck? a fire. I didn't, you I didn't just get out need of... to grind it up and use it to fill it, like, as the filling in Taco Bell, like... You could use it to feed your carpenter ants. I didn't get that far. I didn't leave the building. I went down a dark path. Sorry, everybody. You brought us there. That wasn't me at all I, this yeah, time. Yeah, I don't know. I, just... 
That Jeff Scott Campbell Danger Girl book, it's not that good, and you probably should just avoid it. There yeah. are other other things to read. Get get the I Hate Fairyland and the Scotty Young Marvel coloring books, which are both Scotty Young books. Or there's now like three Doctor Who coloring books that are out. Those there's a great. Sherlock coloring book that came out in a floppy issue today in a manga style. <laughs> <laughs> there, there actually is a Sherlock coloring book called Color the Mind Palace. Yeah. There is, yeah. Yeah. That actually exists. It does. Um, it does. And it has better art, which is not actually a dig on the manga artist who did yeah, Sherlock. Yeah, the manga artist. I think the art yeah. in the Sherlock book is fine. It's yeah, just, me too. It's not their fault that the book is pointless. Right. It's. I mean, it's definitely better than, than the Twilight manga, um, mm-hmm. which is sort of the standard that I hold. For terrible all art. All terrible American <laughs> adaptations of manga to now. Legitimate. Yeah. So as long as it's better than the Twilight manga. No, well, there's also the the um, Fifty Shades of Grey mm. manga, which was actually just done by someone who traced portions of the Twilight manga and then slightly tweaked it to be about BDSM. I was like, oh, this makes sense. This must have happened in real no. life. No. And then and then you kept going, and I was like, no. Good night and God bags. Enough. Enough. Anthony suffering doesn't sleep. Dark Claw, I'm out. Next week on the podcast, celebrating the release of Tales from the Dark Side, number one. By Joe Hill and Gabrielle Rodriguez, we will be talking about graphic novels and comics by Joe Hill and Gabrielle Rodriguez, including Lock and Key. Lock and Key. Thumbprint, The Wraith, and The Cape as well as delving for the first time into the world of graphic novel audio books. At least the Flash one had really nice, the Flash Rebirth yeah. had actually really nice art. Well, they just traced the Rebirth art and <laughs> moved it over. No, I feel like over. it is really actually quite it, different. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, sorry. You're trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. 100% that's not making it in the podcast. <laughs> you never know.